TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! And now the pitch by Martinez is up and in and hits Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge the mound. He's going to charge Martinez, and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he's grabbed from behind by Baratek, and now the benches are empty. It's time for hour two of the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris. Yershinsky wanting to know, am I going? He is going. And Mike Lynch. It is a collision at the plate, and Yershinsky not only bangs in the Barrett, bangs onto the plate, and here they go. Step up to the plate for hour two of the Hot Corner. Posenda getting into it with Barrett. I mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Redemption help. Whoa. Bautista got all he could handle with that. Wow. That's some pretty solid contact right there. The Fan. Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you're missing the first hour, you can catch that on the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 1080 The Fan. Speaking of podcasts, we'll have a new episode of Beers on Us drop sometime later this week. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts as well. Joe Fisher's got a couple podcasts going as well. You got your Duck podcast, and you got your uh, hip-hop and sports podcast, correct? Yeah, Products podcast, which is, I mean, it's literally that. It's Products. I'm going to have to write these down because they sound like an A. Yeah, Products podcast. That is self-explanatory. We're talking Products. Uh, NFL mostly. A little NBA, though. XFL, maybe? No, no, XFL, I'm sorry. Um, And then we also got First and Third. That is with my good friend Samuel the First, who is in the hip-hop community, does shows locally. So it's me and him weekly doing that. Also, me and my buddy Justin Bradshaw, 13-year Ducks season ticket holder. Ooh, wowzers. Yeah, he's my uh, right-hand man on that Products podcast. So find him on SoundCloud. So check those out. Make sure you grab those. Don't call it a comeback as Martin Maldonado goes deep. To close the gap from 12 to 2 to 12 to 3. Yeah. So, hey, hey, here we go. Only nope. down nine, not Only double digits. I like trains. I said there is a Kings-Suns matchup right now that you could probably get on League Pass. That has playoff implications, all right? That's two Western Conference teams. I don't I don't see why you're still watching this game. Hard pass. Yeah, the, uh, the reason <laughs> we're still watching this game, although I did try to turn the Blazers on, he goes, Mike, there might just be only two more baseball games. Can we just watch baseball? I was like, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> Thank you. Valid. There's only there's only two more, potentially, two more games of the season left. Let's enjoy every stinking second, even if it's a nine-run, ten-run blowout. Now, can I give you guys a tweet that I think you'll enjoy? Fire. John Sukanik actually just uh, retweeted Ooh. this from Peter Body. Friend, of, friend Peter, of the show, John Sukanik. Peter Body. I don't know um, how to pronounce his name. Peter but, uh, Body. He, Peter body, Peter body. he tweets, the Astros say reports of them losing the first two games at home are, quote, misleading and completely irresponsible, <laughs> end quote. Touche, touche. Yikes, bikes, yikes, bikes. Well, we had to get here somewhere, and that is because there's two other teams in baseball that suck. 
I'm joking. They don't really suck. One of them did. <laughs> uh, 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 and and to get here, we had the Washington Nationals beat the St. Louis Cardinals in a sweep, as we alluded to in the first hour of the NLCS, and the Astros beating the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. And I kind of want to start, because we've been touching on early, and we'll probably get through it quick because it's kind of easier said than done. The Nationals beat the Cardinals simply because the Cardinals were outgunned. And they stopped hitting. They couldn't hit in any way, shape, or form. Nope. The Nationals were riding so high off that Dodgers series win that people like Jake Flaherty, who is one of the best pitchers going into the playoffs, I'd say Garrett Cole won, maybe Flaherty too, just for how good he looked at the end of the season. And the Cardinals couldn't do anything nope. against the Nationals. They could not hit. I mean, it was it was very simple for that series. Because the, the Cardinals pitchers actually pitched pretty well. Michaelis pitched well in the first game. Flaherty was not his true self, but pitched fine. Um, Wainwright even pitched okay for most of the time that he was in there as well. They just couldn't hit. Yeah. They got no hit into the seventh inning or eighth inning the first two games of the series. And then Scherzer came in game three and was like, it's not a no-no, but I'm going to strike out 13. Yep. And, I mean, by that point, you knew it was over. The game four, Nationals put up, what was it, like, 10 runs in the first three innings, mm-hmm. and it was basically over. Um, the Cardinals actually did score and hit and get a couple of runs back from Mar- Martinez, got a couple of hits, and, you know, they, I think, what was that, 13-6 was the final of that game? I think so. So, I mean, they they scored some runs, but it, they couldn't hit. It was way too late, and that was the sim- that was simple. They, they did not hit. That's why they lost that series. And it was plain simple. Wasn't that fun to watch? I mean, it was kind of fun to watch if you wanted to see if someone was going to get a no-no. Uh, that was kind of cool. The first two games I thought <clears throat> were solid. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it was bad baseball to watch. Just but kind of like me. And the Nationals, I mean, we touched on it last hour, and, and especially in talking to them, they just had the mojo, and St. Louis couldn't hit, and they could not overcome the steam train that was the Washington Nationals coming out of that division series. Plain and simple. Yep. Sometimes baseball is as easy as that. Switch over to the American League in the championship series. This one's a little more different. I think this was the matchup we were looking forward to all year. Yep. We kind of figured Astros-Yanks, winner goes to the World Series, winner most likely wins the World Series. Uh, and the way I looked at this series, I really loved Masahiro Tanaka. He was I thought, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. But at the end of the day, I thought it was plain and simple. As well as the Yankees played at times, the Astros were just a better team. Um. Yeah, I think that's probably true. It was, if I put my fan cap on temporarily, I wasn't as upset about the loss as I thought I would be because in the back of my head, I knew the Astros were better. Mm-hmm. Before the series started, I was hopeful. I said, I think the Yankees can win it. I feel more confident than I ever had all year that they could win this series, but I think the Astros are going to win the series. And the way it happened was pretty heartbreaking. Uh, you're given hope. Uh, yeah. Game-tying home run in the ninth with two outs or one out. From who else but DJ LeMahieu? Our MVP, the Yankees MVP, uh, just to give it back up immediately on a hanging slider. Um, It sucked. I I think I did the Chapman reaction. I I just smiled. I was like, you know what? That sucks. And I can't believe he threw that pitch. And, of course, it was Taltuve who can destroy that pitch. But... Okay, I guess that's it. And I mean, I, I look, it sucked. I was, I was, I was hurt after the loss, but I got over it in a day. Mm-hmm. Whereas two years ago when they lost in Game Seven, I was beside myself. I was freaking out. I was really intense about it for whatever reason. 
Uh, so I think the Astros were the better team, but if you want to be simple about it, the Yankees left too many guys on base. I mean, how many times did they have the bases loaded and they didn't score a stupid run? Mm-hmm. It happened against Cole multiple times. It happened against Verlander a couple of times. They had their chance at Cole. They had, they yes, had they him. Did. They had him. In the all-important game three, they should have won that game. They should have beat Cole, and they didn't. So they've got themselves to blame for that. Uh, there are small things here and there. I don't know whose decision it was, but pitching to Altuve when Marisnik was on deck in that bottom of the ninth inning was moronic. I think that might have just been a bad pitch. He might have been trying to spike the slider and just leave it outside, and he might have just hung it. And if that's the case, then you're doing the right thing because he threw two fastballs outside, dropped the slider in for a strike. Maybe you're trying to bury it just to see if you get a swing. If not, you walk him and go to Marisnik. Um, There are other things like that that were very small. I thought generally – I very much enjoyed what Aaron Boone did in the series in terms of a manager. I thought he did a good job managing the bullpen. I have nothing negative to say about it. Aaron uh, Boone. Left his starters in well. I think Paxton being pulled against the in game two was a little early, a little weird, but I understood it. Green could have maybe stayed in a little longer. Yeah. I mean, it's but they're we're, small we're splitting things. hairs here. The reason they lost <clears> was because they didn't hit with runners in scoring position. I the think- Astros didn't either, but the Yankees didn't hit at all with them. I was going to get to this, and I'm actually a little surprised that that you beat me to it, but it it makes me feel a little more validated about my opinion. Uh, you mentioned that look on Chapman's face when he gave up that bomb to Altuve. That's exactly how I felt, too. It was like, huh, all right, you got me. I threw that pitch. That I was a that mistake. Pitch. I threw that pitch. You got it. And, and, there's everyone- nothing, and there's nothing I can do about it. I thought Chapman was in a little long. I mean, if there's one thing we know about him and – you know, I watched him in a Cubs uni almost blow a World Series for him. Sh- did everything he could to blow a World Series for him. So I am very hesitant when Chapman gets above 20 pitches. But at that moment, that he had at been bat, pitching great that in at the bat, postseason. And that at bat with Altuve, give Altuve credit. There was a lot of pitches in that at bat. Altuve pushed him. And I think if there's anything you can learn from Chapman is if you can push him and get his pitch count up, he will eventually make a mistake. Now, whether you capitalize on it is, or not is is a completely different story because even his mistakes are still like heat coming down the middle with good movement and good location for the most part. But I felt the same way. He just kind of going to sit there and be like, all right, we're done. And I saw a lot of tweets after the game about your closer giving up a series-ending home run on his second-best pitch. And although I understand that because, yes, Chapman is a fastball pitcher, uh, watching him all year this year, he has almost perfected that slider. Mm-hmm. He no longer, because his fastball only goes about 98 now. Uh, yeah. He can hit 100 still, <clears throat> but it's not at, at 100 every single time. He's got that slider down. Well, and he and wants. So it is his second best pitch, quote unquote. I was doing air quotes, but he is, I mean, it's a good pitch. I think they're both good pitches. So I'm not upset that he tried to throw it to Altuve. Who's a good fastball hitter? You know, I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not upset about that. I would agree. I mean, as as Chapman, as Chapman ages, and the amount of money he's making, and the amount of money he wants to continue to make, he can't just be 103 mile an hour fastball. And we've seen that velocity dip a, a little bit. I mean, going from 103 to 98 still ain't so bad. So I don't want to bag on the guy for that. But I agree with you. I mean, he is becoming a more versatile closer. He wants to be in the game a little bit longer. And I think he just hung one and Altuve jumped on it. Yep. I mean, uh, it's the guy you can't hang it to. I mean, there's a couple guys in that lineup. But 
Couldn't hang a Altuve in that situation. The second I saw where it was, I went, oh, God. Altuve. Even before the swing, I was like, ugh. It reminds, Please just miss it. It kind of reminded me of that Albert Pujols home run off Brad Lidge. Where you're just like, uh-oh. Where in the World Series where it was uh, Stroh's Cardinals. What is that? 2005, I think it was. Yeah, because yep. Red Sox win in 04. Astros lose in 05 against the Cardinals. And Brad Lidge left the ball hanging. And Pujols just kind of in that calm way cocked back. And you went, uh-oh. And Brad Lidge couldn't get over it for five years. Yep. And, you know, I think Chapman's going to be fine. But it was one of those moments. Because Chapman's reaction was was one of, like you said, it was acceptance. It mm-hmm. was like. To where well, Lidge dropped well, to his, Brad Lidge dropped to his knees and was like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Right. Um, and it was different because Altuve didn't have the, the Pujol swing. Right. But it was more of a, the second you saw where Sanchez moved his glove, it was, oh, no. Oh, no. Yikes, bikes. Oh, rats. (laughs) Oh, shucks. Uh, So that's what brought us here today and going into it. I mean, I think we both said we would have probably guessed Astros in five. But right now, the Nats are up 2-0. But there's some other news around baseball that we'll touch on. We'll get to those next. This is the Hot Corner on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. World Series Game 2 ends as the Nationals defeat the Astros, going up two games to nil, going back to D.C. on Friday. Got to get down on Friday. In D.C., it's going to be cold there. Is it? It's going to be cold. That's that's World Series baseball that's for you. World Series baseball for you. Uh, but Underneath we'll, a roof in Houston, Texas, not normally a World Series uh, temperature. But, but as that game ends, we'll keep you updated right here. Blazers are down by 1.87.86, six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Dame's over 20. Uh, you know, we'll fill you in that as we go along. But I want to touch on a little bit of news and notes around uh, Major League Baseball right now since we got a quick little spot. Uh, coaching, managing is the big thing these days. Uh, as we've heard rumors for teams, the Angels signed Joe Madden to a three-year deal. I was surprised that deal wasn't a little bigger. Uh, and the Cubs announced today that they are hooking up with old man Grandpa David Ross to be the manager there. And I think another interesting thing is watching where the Phillies are going to go, whether it's Buck Showalter, uh, where the Mets are going to go, if it's Joe Girardi. Uh, I think the Padres are even an interesting one. I, I just mean, saw this. A lot uh, of talent on that young yeah, Padres team. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's substantiated yet, but I think Girardi's going to the Phillies. I think that's almost done. Almost done? Yeah. Uh, but there's this Carlos Beltran, Eduardo Perez thing in New York going on right now that nobody knows. I think, Joe, you bring up a great point. Who doesn't want – I think everybody wants the San Diego job but wants the San Diego job in two years. They don't <laughs> right. want it now because they don't want to get fired. It's like – Buck Showalter hired as the San Diego Padres manager two years later. Buck Showalter fired two years later, and the Padres win the World Series. (laughs) (laughs) Fernando Tatis Jr., the MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of interesting stuff. I want to start with a little bit real quick. Joe Madden in Anaheim. I'm excited about this because there's no lie that even though nobody on this panel is 
an Anaheim Angels fan, nor do we really give a rip, but we all love the great Mike Trout. Yes. I will say there is a small inkling of fandom for them. My dad was born and raised in Orange, is an Angels fan. Um, I would say the earliest a- uh, World Series memory I have is that Angels win over the Giants. Just because, ah. I mean, it wasn't supposed to happen. So ah, I, yes. I Rally was, monkey. Yeah. yeah, I went and... A bunch s- of Reuters beating a bunch of Reuters. <laughs> I remember that World Series. I went and saw an Angels game when I was 18, fresh out of high school, going to that Paul ball park was awesome so i got a thing for the angels they they've got a special place in my heart well if joe fisher the second is down for the angels then i am down for the angels <laughs> we're now I also an have a little show. connection too because it's stupid but i used to announce baseball games off of a video game into a tape recorder mm-hmm. and i announced the uh angels oh on i don't even remember what game it was but the I, fictional angels play-by-play broadcast i was yeah. on a video game yeah that's nice. what i did that's how keith jackson did it yes sir just go out into a field and record himself calling football games. Then he went to Washington State. What a pass by me! I want a better (laughs) catch by me! Uh, uh, So Joe Madden gets hired, and I think it's interesting because that team feels like they're headed in the right direction. You have the best player in baseball. uh, Farm system finally starting to be rebuilt. And it kind of seems like Social was a little tired. Osmus was a little bit of the same. Osmus felt like a placeholder because they knew Joe Madden was probably done. Yeah, and so I'm really interested what his pro player positive clubhouse environment brings to that club. I think it's going to be an absolute boost for that team. I mean, you've seen Joe Madden when he starts at a place, he completely instantly gives that team an adrenaline boost and makes them better uh, just because he gets them believing. He gets them liking each other more. He gets it away from being a grind and and into being a fun season. Now, apparently, Joe Madden also wears out his welcome uh, both places he's <laughs> like been. Pluses and minuses. Hey, I'm the cool guy. And they're like, we love the cool dude. For four four years. years later, it's like, I hate that cool guy. Yeah, how many times can he wear a clown mask or something? Well, I don't know what he does, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Your hair's blonde. Cool, dude. Win yeah. baseball games. We've seen it every single It's not that exciting anymore. And then you start to kind of lose it a little bit. And then it's it's, it's he's kind of a one-trick pony in that sense. But it should work early on. Um, I mean, they're in a tough division, right? The Astros are the Astros. Oakland will continue to win despite what they have in talent and payroll. You got to love the American League West. And the Astros are the Astros. Yeah. The A's? A's are the A's. They're the A's. The Mariners? <laughs> they're the Mariners. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the only two teams who are not really sure who they are are the Rangers and the Angels. And that's because they don't know who they are. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think it'll be a big boost for them. And hes uh, I didn't know this. I mean, he spent a, a bulk of his career in Anaheim. He was an Angels guy. Yeah. I, I I'm going to double check this, but I like 30 years he spent there. Wow. Before he became a manager. So I was a little interested in just looking at the deal, you know, and I'm no expert on what kind of deals managers get, but it was only a three year deal. I, I just kind of figured that to hire a high caliber guy like Joe Madden and knowing where the angels are three years, isn't enough. It's definitely I, not 30 years. That was wrong. I guess, you know, I guess going three years protects yourself in case it goes backwards. Uh, but I would think if you're the Angels, what better are you going to get? Um, you're not I, w- gonna- I was just surprised. I was just surprised. I thought it'd be four, maybe five years. I think it's it's just I think it's a smart contract because there's when you give these five year deals, you give these long deals. I know it gives security to the coach, but it also means that you're committed to that guy, and the buyout and the payout is going to be bigger if you fire him. I just thought Joe Madden would want a better deal. 
being, Maybe. being probably the number one guy on the market. He might have, but he's also now made a ton of money at two different jobs, and he's going home. I mean, that that certainly helps in these situations when a guy gets to go home. Like Terry Francona. What up? Ooh, ooh. Uh, he was there from 94 to 2005 with the Angels. That's 11 years a long time. Yes, not 30. I don't know where I saw that or heard <laughs> that, but uh, he was there for a while. And uh, also managed them. For almost them. a half of his life, he also was in Anaheim. managed them for two years, if you didn't oh, know that. There you go. There you go. Um, 96 and 99. But, uh, but yeah, I, yeah my, I don't know. Man- managerial contracts, I don't really understand. I don't really know what's good or what's bad. I think it's just more of a security thing. But there's no security because they can fire you whenever they want. So, uh, And then the other interesting thing, we were kind of talking about uh, the positives of Joe Madden going into the Anaheim clubhouse are also kind of the reasons why the Cubs moved on from him, which is why I find it very intriguing that they did hire David Ross today to be their manager because I feel that's still a lot of like, hey, guys, let's play baseball because baseball's fun. Um, I think there's a difference is that a lot of the guys who are currently on the Cubs have an incredible amount of respect for David Ross. I mean, they he was their favorite teammate. He was the guy on the World Series winning team that they all credited with basically helping them. Uh, get to that point. Screw you, Joe Man. Nobody likes you. I mean, maybe I don't know. I mean, you I don't... mean, I thought he almost cost him the World Series. You don't know what's going on <clears throat> behind the clubhouse usually, but I mean, the way the way I look at it is, is, I think it's it's every every new manager always has a chance to give a boost. David Ross feels a lot like the Alex Cora and the Aaron Boone hirings, where it's a guy who maybe even Gabe Kapler too, a guy who recently left the game, who is a young guy who might look at analytics and. Uh, change things up a little bit. I think David Ross might actually be less of an analytics guy than some of the other younger guys who have been hired. I would think so. He seems like, a, seems like an instinct guy. He does. Uh, that could be totally wrong, by the way. It's just how it feels when you when you watch him talk about the game. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think it'll be fine. I just don't know. I don't know much about him, to be honest with you. I well, know that, he's, that's what I think he's this... been a great player. He was on multiple World Series teams, Red Sox, Cubs, but that's why I, I think... don't I don't know much about him. That's why I think all this stuff is so strange. Like I'll 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 give the exception to Alex Cora because he was the bench coach for AJ Hinch when they won a World Series. So <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna give him credit for that. But like the Aaron Boone hire, I don't understand. Carlos Beltran might be getting hired by the Mets. I don't understand. I just, I think it's so easy for these guys to just be like, oh, yeah, that guy used to play for us, or that guy was a leader in the clubhouse. Let's make him a manager. And I just, I don't think you become, you know, the Tony LaRussas and the Joe Torres and the Terry Franconas of the world without spending more time than just, hey, you know, I was the lovable guy behind the behind home plate. So I just I just don't get it. Well, I mean, which is why if I'm the Phillies, I'm hiring Buck Showalter or Joe Girardi. I'm hiring one of those well, guys. I think there's a different way to look at it, though. There's not a lot of those guys left, so you have to start a new crop of managers who are going to get their lumps and learn their way through the game at some point, right? Fair. So in seven, eight years, nine years, ten years, the AJ Hinches, well, no, the those Alex, other guys are dead. The Alex Coras, <laughs> the Aaron Boons, the Dave Rosses are going to be that guy. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Joe Torre became a manager of the Mets, right? Yeah. Before he became the Yankees great. And it's, he was a former Met player. And right? when he got hired by the Yanks, people were like, what are you doing? Am I wrong? Torre played for the Mets, right? Torre played for the Cardinals. Just the Cardinals? 
Maybe not just, but I'm pretty sure he spent most of his time in he St. He finished Louis. his last three years with the Mets. Interesting. Um, and then as a manager, he started, just to remind myself, with the Mets. Uh, and I'm going to double check again. So he started managing the Mets in 77. He finished playing in 77. Huh. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. It's just... They're all. It's all happening now. We just need. We just need time to progress for us to really know if this works. Yeah, it's all, all right. happening now. All right. And some of these guys will flame out. Maybe. Uh, Brad Ausmus probably probably done. Bye. Uh, some of these guys will be massively successful and turn out to be some of the best managers we've ever seen. Most likely. Fair enough. Over the course of 15, 20 years of managing, and uh, you know the rest will be middling guys. That's just that's just how it is. You got to find them at some point. Okay. That's what's happening. All right. I'll back off. I still think Aaron Boone sucks, but I'll back off. Okay. He's watching the Blazer game. Good. He didn't notice us anything. All right. When we come back, I'm just we got to start ignoring it every <clears throat> time because it's like, I, I know you hate him. But hey, dude, I think Brian Cashman's a fantastic manager. That's uh-huh. just my opinion. Uh, when we come back, we do have fair or foul, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. This is the hot corner, but first, that's my man behind the glass, Joe Fisher with sports. Is it fair? Oh, my that's goodness. That's a fair ball. Or is it foul? Well, he thought it was foul, I think. A knowledge test for Patrick and Mike to see how well they know the big leagues. Mathematics and strange symbols now as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. The OBP and the SLG and the ISO and the you name it. And what our distinguished hosts think about the stories that popped up around the big leagues. Peralta knocks it into center. David tonight, two for two, a leadoff single here in the fourth. And nobody noticed. This is Fair or Foul on the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. Nine thirty-four here as the Blazers are about to lose to the Denver Nuggets. But don't worry, guys. There's 81 more of these things to go. So don't worry. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right. Uh, For fair or foul, we turn it over to our fantastic producer, Mr. Joseph Fisher III. Uh, Yes, so as you mentioned uh, last segment, a couple managerial hires here and there, still some to be made. One that was made, was it yesterday, two days ago, the David Ross uh, Chicago? Today. Today. That was today. Wow. Today, we just saw it coming. So, um, and as mentioned, if you follow baseball, he was part of that World Series team. Um, So he knows a lot of the guys on the roster, friendly with them, buddy, buddy. So, fair or foul, David Ross hire is more of an emotional decision than a logical one. Um... I'm going to say foul. I mean, it's logical because it's been talked about for years and people in that organization thought he would be a great manager once he retired. Um, but it's also emotional. And I think it sometimes emotion needs to come into hiring a manager because that means that guy has a good connection to the city and a good connection to the team. Sometimes there's a feel, right, that you get. And I trust Theo Epstein. I mean, there's a feel that you get when you find the right guy for the job or who you think is the right guy for the job. So, I mean, I think it was logical, but it's logical with emotion in it. And I think that's the best way to do it for managerial hires. If it's too logical, maybe Gabe Kapler was that. It's too logical and it doesn't work out because there's there's a, there's a flaw. It's got to be a mix. Uh, to sound like the worst possible ever for these questions, uh, I'm going to say short-term emotional, long-term logical. Uh, I am very curious if the Angels think, well, A, we know, as we mentioned earlier, his passion is going to resonate through the clubhouse. It's going to give them a little bit of a lift. 
I don't know how many games won that equal that equals out to, but he's going to give them a lift. But I do wonder if guys like Chris Bryant become free agents, if guys like Anthony Rizzo become free agents. Hey, you want to come with me in sunny California and play with Mike Trout? You know I'm going to let you do whatever you want. I wonder if this is a little more long-term play by the Angels. So for the worst answer possible in these games, I choose both. All right, perfect. Uh, On to our next one. Um, The Yankees, they were obviously eliminated in the championship series. Tried to make it a seven-game series. Came up just a little short there. Epic finish to game six there. Uh, But in this postseason, fair or foul, the leading strikeout or the strikeout leaders were all, uh, the top five strikeout leaders, rather, words, were all in the Houston New York series. In terms of hitters? Yes. In the postseason, top five strikeout leaders were all in the Houston New York series. Hmm. How many at-bats did Giancarlo Stanton have? Not a lot. <laughs> yeah. He actually he, only had, like, two I'll, strikeouts total, I'll I think. give you the hint. He is not one of those uh, top five. There. Well, Giordano Alvarez certainly was number one. He Definitely. struck out every single at-bat that he was up there. I, um, I want to say that Gary Sanchez struck out a ton. I think Brett Gardner struck out a ton. I'm going to say fair. I'm going to say fair. I... I I can't off the top of my head think about any, maybe the Cardinals, because they struck out a lot against the Nationals, but I'll I'll say fair. I will say fair as well for the same reasons. I bet you, uh, I think Correa struck out a decent amount too, outside of his heroics from time to time. I think Springer struck out a lot too. Um, I think think we saw this a lot in the Houston-New York series. Guys just, which we're seeing now in the World Series with Houston, guys swinging at bad pitches, just... Wanting to do too much and pushing themselves and it backfiring. I'll, I'll say yes. I think Cardinals are. I think Cardinals are too decently run of an organization. I think the momentum of the Nationals is a little too much. To just be swinging at stuff. I'll say fair. It is fair. Your strikeout leaders of this postseason are at number five, Brett Gardner, fifteen. Number tied for number three, George Springering. I am Gary, sixteen strikeouts apiece. So for all the names we thought would be it are in there. And Alvarez with 20. Carlos Correa with 21. Hala, hala, we got them all right. Hala, hala, hala. Yes, sir. We watch there. baseball. Uh, <laughs> Paul, uh, is it DeYoung? Paul DeYoung, yeah. Paul yes. DeYoung. I always over-enunciate the J as of like a J. So, uh, DeJong. Yes. Uh, he's got, he had 14 strikeouts. Juan it's Soto, 14, 13 for Edwin Encarnacion. Ooh, Parrot not flying these days, he huh? Sucked no. in the second round. He sucks, period. All right. And some uh, two uh, fact based fair or foul that have to do with tonight's game. Okay. Kurt Suzuki, fair or foul. First Hawaiian born player. To hit a home run in the World Series. Mm. Uh. <laughs> oh wait, I remember. Like you guys know, all the Hawaiian-born players. The only, the the only thing I'm going to think of here is I'm going to say foul because how many kids were born on a uh, like a military base in Hawaii? Ah, good point. That doesn't mean they're from Hawaii or they're part Hawaiian, but they could be from Hawaii where they were born because they're parents or father was at a military base there so i'm gonna go ahead and say foul i remember 
vividly Barack Obama's clutch home run in the 2010 World Series. Uh, for sake of for sake of uh, argument, I'll I'll say fair that it's all Suzuki. It is. Yeah, I'm winner and you suck, Mike. <laughs> On MLB stats, they uh, let the world know. Kurt Suzuki, first player born in Hawaii to homer in the World Series. Interesting fact. I don't know. Useless fact. It One of those that you find in the brochure there. So I wonder if there's a state that hasn't had a home run in the World Series. I'm going to go with the state of Washington. Seattle Mariners. Hey-o! Oh, <laughs> touche, sir. All touche. Right. Um, Kirby Yates, born in Hawaii. There you go. There's a non-Hawaiian a person who is and playing in baseball who is born there. We like quite honestly, we yeah. could have had. <laughs> nice um, job. You should it, be an MLB exec. If it wasn't Kurt Suzuki, it could have been Colton Wong. Ooh. Ooh. Born in Hilo, Hawaii, on the big island there. Right. So they make a... ukuleles. <laughs> yes, Patrick. I heard there are pineapples over there too. Is that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Be like food. <laughs> Yes. yes. All right. And Patrick, that's a pickle. Our last yes. one. It has to do. With, oh, Patrick, where is it? Where is it, Patrick? What'd you do with it? It's in the same spot it always was. <laughs> Fernando Rodney, fair or foul, oldest pitcher to come into a World Series game in the last 30 years. Oldest pitcher. He's in his 40s in the last 30 years. Last 30 years. Oldest pitcher. Excuse me. Oldest reliever, I should say. Okay. okay. Kind of in the a World bit. Series. Yes. In the last 30 years. You know what? I'm going to say foul. Oliver Perez. I'm also going to say foul. Julio Franco in the 2000 World Series. It is fair. He is the oldest reliever to appear in a World Series game since Joe Nierko in 1987. Dang it. 32 years ago. I felt really good about that Julio Franco. I felt good about Oliver Perez. He's been on like 90 teams. Played for the Indians this year. That he did. And he was actually not that bad. He wasn't that bad. So how about this? I'm just reading this tweet. Uh, Fernando Rodney, he did get in the game tonight. So that means in his career, he will have pitched in the AL wildcard game, the NL wildcard game, the ALDS, NLDS, ALCS, NLCS, and World Series for both the AL and an NL team. Uh, He joins John Lester as the only pitcher to appear in every type of postseason game in both leagues. So game one, two, three, four, five of the DS, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the CS. I think it's just to make an appearance in any oh, game in, a, in, a, in a NLDS, each one of those. NLCS World Series. Both wild, wild card games. And ALDS uh, and okay, all right, all right, all right. That's pretty wild. I still hate him. Does that make him the best pitcher of all time? Fair or foul? Yes, fair. <laughs> fair. Fair. Definitely fair. Build all a right. shrine in Canton right now. Hey, do it. Do it. I think that I is Canton that is an appropriate way to end Probably the last fair foul of the season. Probably. With Probably. our man Fernando Rodney setting a, well, not World Series record, but the oldest pitcher, reliever rather, in a World Series game since 1987. I'm going to miss fair foul. Yeah. I like fourth. Yeah. I'm going to miss Fernando Rodney. Is he dead? I hope so. Yes. 
bottom ticker just came across the line there. Breaking news. We're going to need a Logan Morrison alert next Ar- time. Arm fell off, bleeding out. <laughs> Rodney dead. All right, that is fair or foul. When we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up. That's Joe Fisher behind the glass. Mike Lynch. I'm Patrick Harris, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. You like that? They really only deserve two. The rest were bought. Talking about. Sometimes you you surprise me with what you say. I'm like, really, Patrick? That's what your thought is? Are you about to stick up for them? No, I just, I'm never going to stick up for them. We were talking about how some Yankee fans want to bash on Brian Cashman, and I just thought real quickly, I was like, since 96, 95, excuse me, the year Cashman was hired, how many teams have won more than five World Series, which is how many the Yankees have? And the answer is nobody, spoiler alert. Uh, But the closest is the Boston Red Sox with four. And my response was, well, they deserve two, and they bought the other two. (laughs) Because they did. 13, that team's not very good. 18, there's a lot of money spent on that team. A yeah. lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I, 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 I don't love the Red Sox. I don't love Good. their fans. I. The only thing I love about the Red Sox is that John Hart owns Liverpool, and baby, we're going to win the league this year. It sur- certainly feels like it. Yeah, and if we're lucky, we'll get another one of these. I would like to ask your defense to start playing a little bit better for fantasy purposes, though. Thank you. I know. We like to give up goals. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, except we haven't lost yet. Nope. Jurgen Klopp did say this. He was like, against Manchester United, he was like, we didn't play very well. Everything was against us. We still didn't lose. And then Man U fans are like, best Liverpool team in 30 years can't beat the worst Manchester United team in 30 years. Coincidence? I think not. And we're like, six times. You're up. (laughs) Six times. (laughs) The insufferables. That's us. You're the Red Sox fans. I know. It's terrible. It all works together. I know. It's so terrible. Like, I'm a Liverpool fan, and we've never done anything. But in my lifetime, we've won two Champions Leagues, and I'm like, suck it, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Europe, 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 Europe. Okay, well, you were busy winning this little tiny league trophy that nobody really cares about. We're over here in a playoff beating, you know, Barcelona. Down four zip. I think you said that wrong. I think it's Barcelona. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the lisp. <laughs> there is a lisp in there. Yeah, what's the difference between your lisp and the lisp? I think there's got to be more of a th in it. Yeah, the th is and the I, lisp. And we're not making fun of lisps. We're just saying that's in Barcelona, it's Barcelona. Yeah, Bar- Barcelona. Barcelona. Well, it's just really weird. It's like every once in a while you go to like a Mexican restaurant. They're like, hi, how can I help you? What can I get for you? And you're like, um, can I please have a carne asada burrito? Um, with extra guacamole uh, and the pico de gallo on the side, please. <laughs> you know, it's just so weird. Changing it's it like, up. did you watch Champions League today? I did watch Champions League today. In fact, Leo's Leo Messi's goal for Barcelona was really amazing. <laughs> and you're just like, you sound like a moron. Like, just sound like stupid, uncultured American. And don't give me this, all of a sudden I have an accent for specific words. It is a little bit strange when people do that because it's like, it almost feels less genuine. Yeah. It's like, just say it Barcelona. It feels like mockery. Right. Yeah. Did you watch Barcelona today? No, I didn't watch Barcelona. I'm tired of watching that team. Right. It's like, you know, 
it almost feels like a shot at that culture if you're saying it that way for some reason. I don't know why it does, but it feels that way. And it's usually not, right? It's usually just them trying to be, you know, more open-minded and saying it in the way that they're trying to give respect to the city right or to the person or whoever whatever words you're saying but it it comes across not that way <laughs> it comes across stupid yeah it does it does anyway you watch some champions league today i watched very little bit yes i, I watched some inter and borussia dortmund i watched for yesterday. like 20 minutes <laughs> i watched yesterday i watched the uh man city game raheem sterling looks real good not in the premier league just yeah. in the champions league Premier League doesn't matter, man. It's all about the champions. No, that's what Man City's going to say now that there's no way they're catching up in the league. No, they will. They'll catch up. They'll catch up. You guys are going to start losing? I don't think so. Probably, man. We're not the Invincibles. Arsenal once won the league without ever losing a game. I know that. That's pretty wild. Is it like 1984 or something? No, no. It's Arsene Wenger. It's like 96, 97. But uh, that uh, like 99 Manchester United team, they won the treble. Like the real treble. For those who don't know what that means, the treble means you win three different trophies. Mm-hmm. And the real treble means you're winning the Champions League, the FA Cup, and the Premier League. Yeah, that's a real deal, Holyfield. Yeah, it is. That's really good. We're not going to win that because we're going to be like, Champions League, don't care. <laughs> FA Cup, don't care. We're going for the league. Yep. Yeah. It's clear. First time in history that anybody's like, don't care about anything else, just trying to win the league for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you see that quote from uh, Ole Gunner? He was like, when they asked leading up to the game, they were like, you know, are you worried Liverpool's really on fire and you guys have been struggling? And he said it won't be 30 years until Manchester United wins the league again. And it was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a shot. What a shot. They're the Yankees, right? They can they can kind of get away with that kind of stuff. I guess. And this this is this is like 2011 Yankees when, like, Mark Teixeira can't do anything and A-Rod's, like, fighting biogenesis. <laughs> This is what Man U is right now. But you yeah. got, like, one young guy who's who's the Paul Pogba that, like, doesn't get to play every week. And you're like, hey, I'm good. I promise. Well, I think it's like, you're... no, you're not. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> you got a, you had a decent minor league system with Rashford and Martial. And you're like, oh, maybe, you know, at some point it doesn't work out. <laughs> Please. You know, you made a trade for a guy who was really good last year on a really middling team in Crystal Palace. And he yeah. hasn't really worked out so far. Juan Desaka looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Overpaying for a defender in Harry Maguire. Yeah. You like you bought you bought Harry Maguire desperate from, for a defender at the end of the transfer window. Lester, you, you got a guy. You spent more money on him than Liverpool did for Virgil Van Dyke. That ain't good. No, nope. that guy just won the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> he didn't win, did he? Yeah, he's the best player in Europe. Yeah, they gave it to him. No, he, no, they didn't. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, they he beat out Leo and Cristiano. I don't believe you. I there's think this, this is Liverpool fan. In there's here. no. There's this great moment. In Dude, which, I even know that. Yeah, he won it. Yeah, legitimately. Like yeah, I remember cool. getting the BR uh, notification and just thinking to it, myself. Man. What? I'm like, there, okay, cool. There's this great meme of Leo Messi leaning over to Cristiano Ronaldo, like whispering something in his ear, and the caption is, and then he just passed it from the corner. <laughs> and Cristiano's look is like, what? It's like, yeah, we beat you. You suck. <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> Whatever, That's a lot dude. of soccer. I know, dude. Killing it. Nobody's listening. Nobody is at all. <laughs> Nobody is at all. Probably RJ, and that's it. And he's like, this sucks. <laughs> Although we even those, turned the TV off. <laughs> Although I didn't want to watch the Blazer highlights again. I just watched the game. <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> like, who cares, dude? I care. Like, it's not even Christmas. I know, but the season's going to be fun. Look, Joe is tweeting 
Every single day, his favorite matchup, he's going to tweet it. And you are literally the only person that is saying, who cares? That is true. You are probably the only person. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) well, everybody else but you, bud. Come on. Well, I guess that makes me the ultimate hipster of life. Go Blazers. Go Zers. (laughs) You'd like it if they started playing with, like, peach baskets again. That's pretty cool. Short shorts, too, man. High socks. <laughs> that is, Where's the two, three zone? <laughs> that is epitome hipster wear right there. High shorts or uh, high shorts and high socks. I want a point guard that passes and doesn't shoot. I'm looking at you, Stockton. <laughs> There's a reason Carl Malone has the second most points in the history of the NBA. Because he's got a guy with a thousand more assists than anybody else. John Stockton is the Wayne Gretzky of the NBA. Okay. I mean, you're right. I was waiting for a... <gasps> I mean, a lot of assists, right? Let's see Wayne Gretzky also scored. Hey, hey, hey. If it wasn't for a dude named MJ and then Kobe, Stockton might have some titles. <laughs> some would say Shaq, but Shaq does have a statue. Kobe doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. All right, that's it. When we come back next week, we might have Big John. We'll Might check not. with him, yeah. We'll see. Uh, It'll be we'll a week or two. We'll see how the World Series plays out. If we don't have him next week, we'll get him back in at some time. Uh, but stay tuned. Game three of the World Series is Friday, which we will see. What are we going to see? Zach Greinke versus Anibal Sanchez. Sanchez. It'll be over on 910 ESPN Portland. And game four, we're not quite sure, but I think there's a good chance it'll be Verlander Corbin. Verlander? Not Cole. Oh, sorry, Garrett Cole. Patrick Corbin. So probably something like that. Stay tuned. We'll see if the Nationals keep that going. You for uh Mike Lynch, that's Joe Fisher. I'm Patrick Harris. Go do something I would do. Like sleep, please. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.